has evolved the original electrolyte beer. One man's quest to screw all the breweries in New Jersey. Three houses going to the courthouse. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. We're recording this on November 30th, which I don't have to tell you is National Personal Space Day. I celebrate the, the day by traditional way by shutting all but the bare minimum of human contact, maintaining at least a healthy and at worst an awkward distance from those I do encounter, and regarding anyone who could be described as a people person or a hugger with a mix of fear, suspicion, and contempt. I'm Jeremy Jones. Well, that's why you want to do this podcast remote tonight. Why well, I want to do every podcast remote, <laughs> Tyler. Uh, I, I say because uh, it's because I have a kid, but actually, that's been an elaborate lie. That is, uh, I, 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 you just hired a child actor. I no, I actually hired a midget. Uh, <laughs> he's he's adorable. His name is Steve. Uh, he comes over every once I, in a while. I just imagine a midget who looks like your son walking out of your house, just ripping a cigarette, being like, <laughs> "Fucking weirdo, man." <laughs> A fucking, fucking cheap son of a bitch. <laughs> Won't even give me health insurance. <laughs> Told the other midgets we should have unionized. The weird thing is, is he is growing. So that's, uh, I, I attribute that to the, uh, to the high quality food he gets here. Uh, Tyler, how did you celebrate, uh, uh, national <laughs> personal space day? Uh, first of all, didn't know it was that, uh, but I worked, saw a lot of people, and then uh, went and got a little tour of Gem State Brewing from our good friend Chris. So, so, so ignored it altogether because it sounds like you engage with humanity uh, uh, a lot, which is not what this holiday is about. This holiday used to be about something, and now it's just got all commercialized, and there's, you know... Uh, National Personal Space Day cards, National Personal Space Day gifts. Space suit. Yeah, it's just there's a there's a guy in a red suit who comes and hugs you, which is completely against the spirit. I just I'm, National Personal Space Day has gotten way too commercial. That's all I'm saying. If I honestly, if I would have known, I would have tried to buy like an astronaut suit and be like, <laughs> it's National Personal Space Day. <laughs> Nice, uh, nice. Everyone comedy. would have been like, wrong space. <laughs> nice, nice. How is Chris and how is uh, Gem State Brewing uh, going these days? Oh, uh, Chris is doing good. He's ready to be open. The building is beautiful and fantastic. Uh, he's got beers in the tank right now. Uh, Got to say that Bruce's that ten barrel brew system he has. Looks very sleek and sexy. Uh, tried a couple of the beers off the tank. Tried his IPA and oatmeal stout. Um, they are tasting good uh, during the fermentation process. I mean, as well as they taste while fermenting. But Which is, you know, okay. It's like, yeah, yeah this is uh, uh, a beer mid-fermentation often tastes like, oh, this is hopefully going to be really good in a couple of weeks. Like when it's, I, I can see where this is going to be really like, good. Like when it's not like too sweet and riddled with diacetyl and uncarbonated, this is going to be uh, fucking fantastic. If for, <laughs> if all those things get cleared up and um, usually most of them do. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? 
I am drinking some Bourbon County brand stout from Goose Island. You corporate whore. You're just as much as I am, Jeremy. <laughs> if not more. How is it this year? <laughs> it is delicious. It's honestly one of my favorite barrel-aged beers every year. It's boozy. It's rich, silky. A little bit of chocolate notes coming through. Get some of that vanilla from the barrel. Um, and, yeah, I couldn't bring myself to buy one of their variants because hard for me to stomach $30 for a 16-ounce bottle. I was about to ask you um, uh, if you had gotten a hold of the Bananas Foster because I, I – I, I, uh, in my – uh, position I've not had to buy one but I have had the Bananas Foster and I was surprised how much I actually uh, uh, dug it I've heard a lot of people say it's fantastic and I'm like I want to try it but I don't want to buy the bottle so I just need to sucker someone into buying it while I'm around and popping the bottle you just uh, I mean really you just need to work where I work and that's uh, that's yeah. Jeremy I used to work where you work uh, it's they don't really, pay me enough. It's a really handy. Well, you don't get paid in in money where I work. That's very passe. You get paid in uh, job satisfaction and um, free booze. And uh, if I'm being completely honest, mostly free booze. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> I went ahead and grabbed uh, because when we do release this podcast, it will be December, so it will be officially uh, Christmas season. I went ahead and grabbed uh, the Freem Belgian-style Christmas ale because it seemed like, uh, well, A, I wanted to try it, and B, it seemed like the time to do so. Uh, it is a uh, Belgian-style, looks like a... a, a Either it looks like a, I think it's alcohol wise, I think it's a Belgian double. Uh, it's got a really nice, uh, slight spicy like baking spice, cinnamon, maybe like a touch of like uh, a doughy caramel on it as well. Uh, okay, the um, it's got it's amazingly smooth, like with notes of fig and and uh, caramel. And the, I mean, the, the spice is present, but it's 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 super subtle uh, in tr true style of a Belgian beer. Uh, this is a fantastic uh, uh, like winter spice ale. It's very nice. I'm not sure yeah. if they list what it is actually in it. Um, it uh, the, the, the notes on the back, we suggest foregoing cookies and milk and leaving Santa a free Belgian Christmas ale brewed with coriander in a rich double base. Uh, it's toffee aromas and hints of ripe oranges will leave Santa feeling generous. I mean, I think Santa would appreciate for any children listening. I think Santa would appreciate beer over milk and cookies, but that's just my opinion. And also, why are you listening to this podcast if you are a child? That is actually an old Calvin Hobbes joke. It was um, uh, Calvin comes out and says. Uh, dad, do you think uh, uh, do you think Santa wants uh, uh, cookies and milk? And his dad Riley uh, answers, "I think Santa would prefer would rather have a cold beer." I never read that, so you should. I have the complete Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, it's in the it's in the bookshelves behind me, which uh, 
among many other useless things. Uh, the point is, is that I, uh, your diploma's in that bookshelf. It uh, no, actually, it's hanging up there where I can throw things at it. <laughs> Just Natty Light didn't even want your diploma. <laughs> I mean, it's not that he didn't want it; it's that I, we didn't know about it in time. And I and sure. I. And I and I didn't get on it. My high school diploma is over there. Does that help? I found it over there recently, and it's doing exactly as much as my college diploma. I don't even know if I have my high school diploma. I don't think you have a high school diploma. You went to you went to high school in in northern Idaho. Do they have diplomas there, or did they or, or, or do they just say, "Listen, you're not addicted to meth and you're not pregnant. Congratulations. Go out into the world." <laughs> no, because they give the, the diplomas. To the preggers people too, so <laughs> that's your that's your argument. No 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 no. They they let you graduate if you're preggers. Otherwise there'd be no there'd be no graduating class. <laughs> hey, I'm sure I've told you before, I'll never forget I watched the most savage thing ever in high school. A pregnant girl because my high school's up on a hill, all the students had to park at the bottom of the hill, and then you had to walk this little trail up to the high school. The teacher's parking lot was up at the top of the hill with the high school. Well, one of the pregnant girls asked the principal, hey, you know, I'm pregnant. Can I park up in the teacher's parking lot? And he looked at her straight face and went, honey, if I let all the pregnant girls park in the teacher's parking lot, then all the teachers would have to walk up that hill. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. Imagine that comment in the age of social media. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> that would have been a whole thing by itself. Uh, there would be, oh. uh, you know, that would that would be at least a, a week on Fox News and then a counter week on MSA. You know, we'd, we'd all, it, 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 it'd be a clusterfuck. And speaking of clusterfucks, uh, Tyler, uh, do you want to kick us off this week? Yeah. A uh, little update about the funeral of Anchor Brewing. Uh, it's coming back, man. It's coming back any minute now. Uh, it's going to pop that coffin lid open and be like, surprise, the, uh, the employees bought us. Everything's fine now. Everything is fine, uh, and we're going to continue making. And uh, then that coffin's going to spontaneously combust, and everyone's going to be like, well, guess we were attending a cremation. <laughs> it's going to be fine, well, everybody. It's going to be fine. Uh, I saw this article from Dr- the drinks business. Uh, the last known final kegs of Anchor Brewing are going to be tapped on December 9th in San Francisco. So if you're like Jeremy and you're a sucker for the soft spot of Anchor Brewing and want to see it live and want one final pint, get your ass down to San Francisco, braves the bums and uh, San Francisco, uh, and venture into Buzzworks, uh, based in the south of Market area of San Francisco, at noon on December 9th, um, and they will have the last kegs of Anchor. They will have Anchor Steam Beer, Anchor Crisp Pilsner, Anchor Tropical Hazy IPA, Anchor San Pancho Mexican Style Lager, Anchor West Coast IPA, Anchor California Lager, and uh, the ink, some of the anchor Christmas ales. Some of the anchor uh, Christmas ales. 
Yep. Um, I don't know if they've cellared some of it or just uh, have the anchor Christmas ale and the article just worded it poorly. Uh, a couple of things I just want to uh, uh, interject here. First of all, I, I, I mostly believe that Anchor, I mostly bring up Anchor is going to come back to annoy you. And also, uh, in San Francisco, uh, you don't brave the bums. The bums brave you. It's like in Australia. It's easier to list the things that won't kill you versus <laughs> the things that will. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's it's amazing to me the amount of people who are looking for Anchor, have not heard about the demise of Anchor, and who are, uh, are, are a little bit ap- apoplectic as to, uh, uh, as to its demise. Like, uh, like what? They just, they just, like, went away? Like, well, they didn't go away. They got bought by Sapporo some years ago, and Sapporo said... Um, we don't want to. You no it. longer make money, <laughs> and 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 so yeah, actually they they just kind of went away. Well, did they brew the Christmas ale? Well, actually, yeah, they did brew the Christmas ale, and then they dumped it because um, Sapporo is actually surprisingly bad at running businesses. Yeah, I'm like, you could have sold that whole fucking batch like that if. You were just like, yep, this is the last Christmas ale ever. Everyone would have been like, I will take three of them. That would have been a, a, a nice last hurrah, but um, uh, Sapporo doesn't give a fuck. Well, this is, in my mind, the final nail in that coffin, keeping them from rising from the dead. This is the cheers to Anchor. Let's. Take one last mediocre look down memory lane, and uh, let's move on with our lives after this. They're going to pop back up. They're going to do the thriller dance, and someone's going to double tap them in the forehead and uh, close that casket again. (laughs) Jeremy, what do we got next? What the fuck is happening in New Jersey news now? Um, Do you really want to (sighs) know? Okay, in the purview of craft beer, yes, I do. Anything else, I don't. In fact, I make it my business to find out as... I I try to find out as little as I can about New Jersey. I had to break that personal rule a lot in the past couple of days researching this story. Uh, um, But That's uh, journalism right there, folks. Listen, I I had to look up the New Jersey State Constitution for you bastards, and I hope you're goddamn happy. Uh, a lot has been happening in New Jersey lately, but a lot of it, um, it has been in fits and starts until now. It was hard to get a reading on like what exactly the status of everything was. Um, but it sort of kind of came to a head this week. Bottom line, uh, New Jersey is in the running for the worst beer laws in the country. Like, I don't know. I think we should, you and I should like sit down and do a whole uh, uh, episode on just the beer laws and try to uh, and, and try to suss out which one has the worst beer laws because we've talked a lot about a lot of them but we've not like you know how much work that would be to sit there and fucking 
us to coordinate all of this and <laughs> it'd be something we have to do for like a, a end of the season special to like sit down and be like okay here are the beer laws we talk about here's why they're fucked up and you know and like and like debate on which one is the worst one but regardless like, regardless yeah, no regardless uh uh the fuckery in new jersey it's got to be a contender all right um so much so that this summer, the New Jersey legislature voted unanimously. They voted unanimously. They fucking voted unanimously for a beer that would ease restrictions in that state. I want to stress the unanimously because can you think of anything that lawmakers in any state would agree on? Like, I think if you went to most state houses with giant tanks of pig shit and told them that you're going to hose down the entire chamber unless they voted against it, there would be some fat son of a bitch with a pocket full of cash from, I don't know, big excrement or something, who would argue that it was good for the economy to or let it fly. Or the pig farmer that <laughs> sold the pig shit. There would, yeah. s- there would be somebody who would screw it up, but in this case, they voted unanimously and the... Sh- Pig shit got spewed anyway. Um, But before we get into that, I want to do a little recap because we talked about New Jersey's beer laws before, but it's been a while and we could use a, a, a refresher. So here's a rundown. In New Jersey, in order to sell beer, wine, or liquor, you need a liquor license. However, in New Jersey, like many states, uh, they cap the number of licenses to the population. So if you're trying to open a bar or restaurant that would like to serve the boozy booze and there are no licenses available, well, what do you do? Well, good news. New Jersey is like one of those states uh, where you can sell your license on the secondary market where in that state they fetch as much as 1.15 million in 2016. Jump change. Depending on who you are. Um, (laughs) If you're going to, but if you're going to open a brewery, there's another option. You could get a limited brewery license that's a lot cheaper. But again, and this is and all of this is not uncommon for uh, many states who usually like finagled like the rise of craft beer with like a special license to kind of allow it to happen to try to capitalize on it. But these little upstart breweries uh uh then take business away from established bars and restaurants, uh which usually goes over as wells a fart church or whatever colorful expression you have up there in St. Mary's. Uh, but it's not unheard of to uh, uh, for the state trying to establish a kind of a balance um, between the uh, between the, the 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 popular new business and the interests of their big business sugar daddies. Uh, but New Jersey's were well and truly crazy. So um, first, a brewery was not allowed to serve food, like at all. Like, you like you could not order off a menu. There was no snacks. You couldn't like have popcorn and a bowl to give away. You could have <laughs> beer, and that's it. That's your nutrition. Um, to which you might say, well, it works. To, to which you might say, well, well, thank God we live in an age where food trucks are everywhere. New Jersey law prohibits any food truck from parking on the property of a brewery and actually prohibits a brewery from coordinating with a food truck. Which I still not sure how they can manage to do that, but 
it apparently is it is, is a law. You cannot like say, hey, you could you cannot, for example, have a like the menu of a food truck in the brewery, and then like they order in the food truck like races down the street, throws them through the window or some shit. <laughs> oh. Second, a brewery can only have twenty five events per year, uh, which we talked about this last year, which begs the question. Um, what counts as an event? And the answer is pretty much anything that isn't selling beer to people. Like, try to enhance this experience in any way. Beer release party. Um, uh, you know, trivia band. night. Yeah, band. Uh, some guy dancing on the table. Bam, that's one of your 25 a year. Um, here's a fun one. I don't think I'd covered this one when, I, when we did this one. I found this one when I was looking through the laws myself. All breweries are required to give a tour of the facility, whether you want one or not. And by the way, uh, you, you have to be taken on a tour every year, and the breweries have to figure out a way to keep track of their regular customers to make sure they get a tour of the brewery every year. Yeah. Uh, I know, like, at, or at Georgia had that law, like, the only time you could drink in a brewery was on a brewery tour, So, but it's the like you have to take a tour every year that I thought was especially charming and in a way like, all right. <laughs> I guess. I'm like, you really question the dedication some people have to like their favorite brewery. They'd be like, fuck yeah, I'll walk around every year. They're like, can I do it every time? And you know, the brewers and the bartenders are just like, fuck this rule. <laughs> I mean, there, all right, there are those customers that will honestly enjoy it, and those are both your best and worst customers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, you love them, you love them dearly, and you also hate them with a burning passion. There is no middle ground. Uh, <laughs> but also, I'm pretty sure a lot of those tours were, stand over here, there's our fermenters. Fuck this state. Let's go drink. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, they're not allowed to serve alcoholic drinks unless they are made on premises. Um, here's a favorite of mine. They are not allowed to make cocktails of any sort, which, of course, counts beer cocktails, which is not a big restriction, but it does mean no micheladas or other red beer combinations, mm -hmm. no fun secret menus, no traditional style gozas with syrups. Basically, if you are if you have two liquids, the law says you can pour one of those liquids into a glass, but neither in the twain they shall meet. Like, if, you, if, if the two of those liquids come together, you have broken state law. <laughs> Which means breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking means the law. Essentially, the spill tray is a federal crime. <laughs> mm, fuck! Uh, it should be a federal crime. <laughs> uh, there are other restrictions, but these were the most restrictive and, frankly, most ridiculous. Um, but they also rattle, they were also rattle rather shittily enforced for the longest time. Um, food was a well known issue. Uh, that breweries couldn't serve food, but uh, it seems that a lot of breweries are doing events nearly every week, like most breweries do, and nobody was really checking to make sure that people weren't doing that. There weren't random liquids getting mixed together at, at inopportune times. 
um, either you know in a bar setting or later later in the back for a bit of fun. Uh, uh, the short version of the story. That's how you get VD, Jeremy. <laughs> short version of the story. Um, COVID happened. All rules went out the window. Then after COVID, the state regulators, in order to regain some control, broke out all these rules and started to enforce them. I get the I get the sense they started to enforce them with the uh, with the ferocity and uh, single mindedness of the uh, of the high school hall monitor on his first day. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, they a lot of these breweries learned a, uh, about a lot of these state laws I just mentioned really for the first time, um, uh, especially, you know, uh, learning that their rules against you can't serve tea or you couldn't serve tea or coffee in your, uh, mm-hmm. in your brewery. Um, but the breweries banded together. Uh, they brought these issues to their state representatives and bill S three zero three eight was created uh, this bill would allow breweries to sell food and yeah, talk to food trucks. Um, they would allow 25 off site events a year and unlimited events in the brewery. Like I said it to be in the intro, uh, it passed unanimously. It got sent to governor Phil Murphy who promptly returned it with a conditional veto. And I was, I was reading this. At, what? at first, I have to say, when I was reading through this, at first I was on the governor's side because this was the quote that he that he came back with. He said the bill, quote, does not sufficiently enhance our antiquated liquor license laws. He added that, quote, uh, he called for a more modern approach to these prohibition era laws to reflect the current economy and better support the present and future business owners, which, yeah. My stance from the get-go, the problems are not the restrictions per se. The real problem is the Drectonian liquor license system that incentivizes those who already have theirs to scream, fuck you, I got mine, you can't have yours, uh, to the next... But I'll sell you mine. (laughs) Yeah, but I'll sell you mine for a million dollars. While those who, you know, and and those who have the liquor license have no interest at for the system to change. A simple fact, this is just the kind of regulatory bullshit that stifles competition, makes for worse products and services, and keeps the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. So fuck them. And I was more the little gleeful that there was actually a governor saying that he was going to treat, not just treat the symptoms, but actually treat the disease. And then you read the rest of the quote? And then I read the rest of the story. (laughs) Except, as I dug further, it turned out, that wasn't what he was saying at all. What he basically wants is to keep the whole terrible system as it is with two minor tweaks. First, he wants to fix the so-called pocket licenses, which is to say, if you have a license and haven't renewed it for a year, then he, he then it gets reissued for public sale, which, fair enough. Uh, according to a related bill that was brought earlier this year in New Jersey, an estimated 1,400 inactive licenses are out there preventing people from getting them. Like there are 1400 people just sitting on a liquor license doing fuck and all with them. All right. So, and so that seems like a, that seems like a, okay, that, 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 that does make a bit of sense. 
Second, he wants a special permit, especially for establishments within shopping malls. Shopping malls. The, the face you're making, people, if you're listening, you can't see it, but I, I can see it. The face that Tyler is making is exactly the face you're making in your car or whatever right now, which is a, akin to what the actual fuck? Uh, which is the correct... It sounds like Governor Numbnuts is trying to open a bar or fucking brewery in a shopping mall. May, that would make more sense because have you been to a shopping mall recently? And I'm not talking around Christmas when the remaining stores put up an effort. I mean on a Tuesday in like April. It looks like the end result of an 80s zombie apocalypse movie where the plucky team of survivors were holed up. I, I, I went to a mall I, 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 I went to a mall earlier this year. I needed I needed jeans and I didn't want to order them online. I'm and I was like, well, there's gotta be a place in town that sells jeans, so I went to the mall. And what I saw was the end Jeremy, of Jeremy, your eighties <laughs> is showing. <laughs> I'm I was aware of my mistake immediately. I was right there, I'm like, they probably have Could you not find the Sears? Some Somewhere in that gigantic fuck building, they had to have had jeans. And the answer was, they did, but no prices on them. <laughs> no sizes on most of them. They just had jeans thrown around. <laughs> it was... I walked out... Jeremy going, just walked out muttering, I wish I still had the Sears catalog. They knew how to do it right. <laughs> Get the fuck off my lawn. I'm basically the old man who, like, the last old man that's like, you know what? I'm breaking out the old rotary phone. Why doesn't this fucking thing work anymore? <laughs> that is that is where I am in life. Uh, you'll get there, too. <laughs> the sad part is I'm not far behind. <laughs> uh, unless I'm truly mistaken. And maybe the, maybe the good governor is trying to open a series of bars in in fucking new jersey uh or fucking new jersey malls i don't know that would explain something either way um the reason that 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 leaves the breweries in new jersey right now essentially in limbo because there seems to be and i'm not exactly sure why um but there is an easing of restrictions while the, uh while the law was going through the uh, going through the uh, uh, the legislature, um, uh, it seemed you got the sense that a lot of New Jersey breweries were caught off guard when these laws started actually being in, started being enforced, and because the law, in all likelihood, was going to change because again it passed unanimously. It seemed like state regulators were not eager to enforce it. So there was like this, like, okay, well, the law is probably going to change. So we'll just kind of let some things slide. But come January 1st, it sounds like the hall monitor is back. Uh, and if the bill does not get signed, uh, then... Is the governor up for re-election next year? Like... But here's... So it, and here's... Now, now we're getting to the part that here's where I had to go and read the state constitution. So, all right. Um, Phil Murphy, uh, kind of an asshole. Uh, he's a banker. Okay. Uh, he's 
he's he, he he's got his business daddies. I don't uh, I I I don't claim to know his motivations, but uh, I I don't trust him at all. The mostly because of you know the banking thing. Um, here's the thing. So a conditional veto, uh, unless there's something I'm really not understanding about the 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 New Jersey legislature, um, that means that the legislature basically could do one of two things at this point in time. Uh, they could come back with a simple majority vote, just give the governor what governor what he wants and move on, right? Uh, just say, okay, uh, both those things are, one of those things is useful, one of those things is stupid, whatever, it would help our local breweries, let's just pass it. Um, I'm also fairly certain the legislature could just override the governor with a two-thirds majority, and again, this passed unanimously, so the votes are there. What I can't figure out, and I can't, f what I can't find anywhere, was why this is not an option. Every source characterizes this as basically the governor holding the breweries hostage. But what he essentially did was that he got the bill. He wanted some changes. He punted it back to the legislature who, I don't know, they cried and shit their own pants. This, this might be nothing. This might be some political showboating before they do their fucking jobs. But in the meantime, breweries are a little bit curious as to what they will or will not be able to do in a fucking month. Um, once in a while, I come across the think piece that is basically asking the question, why have Americans lost faith in their institutions? This, okay? This is the fucking reason. They're <laughs> essentially making breweries watch a billionaire slash government sex party complete with leathers, riding crops, and impossibly large dildos. And the future of their business depends on the outcome of it, whatever they may be. So they have to sit there and watch the fuck party. Uh, and they're then watching the hourglass running <laughs> as quickly as possible of the time that the bank loan's coming due while watching them move at a sloth's pace to get something done. And they're like, oh my god, is this going to finish in time? The – the I wouldn't be a bit surprised that at like zero hour the legislature comes – but I mean that's – and that's a part of this I don't understand and maybe – and. There very well be something about this process that I don't understand. Um, I don't understand New Jersey. I don't understand law. I pretend to quite often on this podcast more than is probably uh, 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 legally uh, acceptable. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Listen, if you're getting your legal, if you're getting your legal advice from It's All Beer, you have many, many problems. <laughs> Among and uh, you need to start putting this on retainer. <laughs> that's that's where this is going. Yeah, actually, you owe us a lot of money for that. But... I'm like, if you're if you're getting your legal advice from us, two idiots drinking beer and talking about beer and stupid shit. God help your soul. But no shit, really. A conditional veto means that the government, the governor says, okay, but I want these changes. It goes back to the legislature, and they vote, and again, it passes with a simple majority. Either they vote yay to make the changes, they vote no to make the, uh, to, to, uh, to, to, uh, Kill the bill. To kill the bill. And I'm not completely convinced they can't do a two-thirds majority to override the governor. Now, that one I'm less, con that I'm less sure about. 
That's now that is the now that that is the condition for a straight up veto. Like if the governor vetoes a bill, the legislature can then override him with a two thirds majority. Now, why you couldn't do that in the case of this, I don't know. Again, not a lawyer. Please don't. <laughs> but please, put so, us on, I, but please put us on what, retainer. Uh, so if I'm understanding correctly, um, he said, I'm not going to pass this bill that you have sent to me as it is. You need to add these two things, and I will pass this bill. Correct. So if they vote yes, bill is passed. Breweries can now have 20 offside events a year. 25. 25. Breweries can have unlimited events in the tap room. Correct. They can admit to knowing what a food truck is. Yes. Not only that, and... they can have a restaurant. They, I mean, they don't need to rely on food trucks. A lot of them probably will, but they can serve food at that point in time. Okay. Why the fuck aren't they just voting yes and getting this the fuck that over? That is the big question. That uh, and so uh, we're going to be watching uh, uh, New Jersey for the uh, uh, for 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 the next month to see. Basically, watch the micro. You got a mouse in your pocket because I ain't watching New Jersey. The the we're, I feel like I have to because it's like watching in miniature the collapse of American society right there. You're just going to just you're, you're, the, the solutions right there. The solution is right there. All you have, all you need is for adults to do the job to which they've been assigned. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to watching that not happen. Yeah. What I'm waiting to hear is in like two weeks, you'd be like, well, so New Jersey, actually that bill didn't go through, uh, they then passed another bill that just completely banned the sale of micro or craft produced beer. Uh, and you can only get domestics and liquor and protein powder in New Jersey now. Um, fun fact, um, um, uh, per capita, uh, New Jersey is number 44th in the nation uh, for craft breweries. And I wonder why. Well, they also do have... A fairly high population, too. So Well, no, that's per capita. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that... but... I don't know. I feel... I feel the laws are, like, 80%. But not you... the full reason. You don't think there are New Jersey hipsters? No, they all live in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's the real problem. All the all the hipsters in New Jersey migrated to the city, leaving only angry angry teamsters and uh, and uh, and a few mafia rejects and Guidos. <laughs> Your Northern Idaho is showing. Tyler, what do you got? Next? Hey, it's a pizza place. That's what I was talking about. Uh, well, staying in the Northeast. Uh... <laughs> A minority shareholder of Treehouse Brewing uh, is suing the two majority shareholders. Um, and he is requesting his day in court via a jury trial. Um, so Eric Granger, he is a 2% shareholder in <laughs> Treehouse Brewing. Uh Apparently, there used to be two more minority shareholders. Uh, 
but the two majority shareholders bought them out earlier this year to get 49% each of the company. Okay. Yeah. So he's the lone holdout. Oh, so he's the and, last person. To, so, so he's the last person to uh, to have less than like forty nine percent. Yeah. So there are three owners of Treehouse, and one of them is suing the other two. <laughs> the two percenter. <laughs> yep. Uh, he is alleging that the pair paid themselves in excess, concealed millions in real estate investments, all while cheating him out of profits. Uh. He filed the lawsuit with the Hamden Superior Court on November 15th. Um, and um, so if you're unfamiliar with Treehouse, uh, they're beloved by New England beer lovers. They've been around since 2011. Uh, one of the kind of main brewers of the like initial hazy IPA, New England style IPA. Often like wave. Often there's uh, most people credit Hetty Topper from the Alchemist with the invention of the hazy IPA, but there are mm-hmm. a few that actually give the credit to uh, to Treehouse in a in a uh, in a uh, uh, in a in, in a very I guess there was a I was going to make a calculus uh, uh, connection between uh, uh, Newton and the guy other guy who invented calculus at the same time, but that guy's name just left my brain. So I was going to be smart, and then I failed. Yeah, <laughs> which is well, actually going to be the title of my autobiography. <laughs> I was going to be I'm smart. Be and smart. Then I failed. And then I failed. <laughs> uh, well, the lawsuit says Von Leiden. Von Leiden. There we go. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> says that Treehouse attracts about a million customers to their facility a year uh, and has garnered a combined annual economic impact of $143 million in Massachusetts alone. Um, so, he Granger is alleging that the bulk of the benefits were wrongfully funneled to Nathan Lanier and Damien Goodrow, uh, the majority shareholders. Um, so here's kind of where it really, like, here's what the allegations are. Uh, so from 2017, he alleges salaries and bonuses for their officers exceeded $4 million. Uh, and Lanier and Goudreau repeatedly purchased ultra luxury vehicles, including two Teslas, a Range Rover, Mercedes and an Audi for personal use. Uh, are you those ultra luxury? I mean, yeah, I I was like, I don't maybe know. the Tesla or Range Rover. Like, I mean, I mean, or depending what they're luxury. Type of sure, I I I. But ultra luxury. I mean, it's, that that strikes me as like you, you've got a a a football size Rolls Royce field limousine uh, with. Uh, like basically a rotating sushi table at all times and and uh, uh, like um, uh, helicopters who are dropping champagne through the sunroof uh, of the mm-hmm. of the limousine to land onto a uh, onto a onto a pad that then bounces it into a thing of ice um, that you then yeah. open. that's how rich people live right that's yeah I think uh, that's close so he that's says ultra luxury. 
He says, by contrast, he was deprived of any dividend distributions. Uh, so he also alleges that the majority shareholders secretly created two LLCs in 2016 and 2018 and then used those entities to amass $13 million in real estate. Uh, the properties included land in Charlton and a million-dollar beachfront home near the Sandwich Tap Room. I'm surprised. Wait, is this money that came from the brewery? I don't know. The article doesn't specify. I'm but he says by the idea that, that a brewery made a million dollars anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he said that through these LLCs, Lanier and Goodrow then took the properties that. They bought with the LLCs, leased the properties back to Treehouse to basically embezzle money from the company through renting them back the shit they were able to buy based off their ex extraordinary salaries from the company. They had to have money coming from somewhere else. I mean, even a brewery like Treehouse, there is no way there is no way a million dollars comes out of a brewery Uh even a big one, like I'm pretty sure. I'm, well, I'm pretty sure a so, million doesn't come out of fucking uh, New Belgium. Oh, hundred percent does. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, well, there, he, a, he said, a million dollars is generated. I'm, I'm, I, I can, I'm convinced a million dollars generated, but what actually comes out of that is like, like five bucks and uh, maybe a quarter that somebody found in their pocket. Like once so all expenses are paid, those two. Since 2017, have been paid four million dollars from the brewery in salary. That was their their salary since 2017 was four million dollars. I'm just in again. I it's it's I'm 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 impressed that that money came out of a brewery. <laughs> I guess mm -hmm. there you got the Hayes Bros like standing in line for like 20 hours, willing to pay ten bucks uh, uh, per a can. can? Uh, yeah. you know, while sipping on a cooler full of hazies going, man, this is going to be the best hazy. It's going to be all like, it's going to be like tropical and shit. It's going to like taste like fucking mud and, and milk and pineapple. It's going to be great, man. Uh, but <laughs> we so like between, this hazy. <laughs> so between 2016 and 2021, the two real estate LLCs collected nearly $10 million in payments uh, from the company the lawsuit claims. I, I, again, that's amazing to me. <laughs> uh, there was a further spat where uh, Granger threatened a lawsuit uh, when he found out about the existence of these holdings. Um he also then, in this lawsuit, alleges a spat of additional infractions where he brings up that Treehouse was applying for a pouring permit in Deerfield, and the company unilaterally and without permission changed the location address on his old background check and submitted an altered document where... The Alcohol Beverage Control Commission then issued them a written warning for tampering with the document. Um, he also then states that the two majority shareholders uh, withheld tax information, so it made it difficult 
to the assess the value of his shares and delayed his ability to file taxes, incurring tax penalties on him. Uh, so he is requesting a jury trial. A pre-trial hearing has not been scheduled. Treehouse has not issued any statements or filed any other legal responses. Uh, so, Hayes Bros, there may be a battle for who owns your favorite Hazy. <laughs> there are many breweries they will line up around, you know, they, they're, they're in that vicinity. You know, if, 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 if tree if tree house shuts down they'd be like man that sucked they're, they're the hazies were the best it tasted like orange juice and milk and the fucking remains Cookies. of my sad life you want a hazy we're gonna go to brooklyn brewing now <laughs> i don't know if they transitioned to brooklyn brewing they're known for their hazies to a certain extent are they not no, I, I'd say like Trillium more than like... Okay, fine. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, Trillium, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what goes on over there, man. We're we're in Idaho where we don't have... <laughs> we don't have any beer that's worth standing in line for. <laughs> I, even I, even I've ironically. Had, I've had Treehouse. I don't think it's worth standing in line for. <laughs> that's fair. I, the, I, I've had beer that's probably as good as you're going to get over there. Uh, but, uh, there's, there, there's a whole thing uh, happening on, on that front that I do not understand, but I, 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 I was not meant to understand it. Yeah. So moral of the story, never invest in a brewery or you're going to get fucked. Uh, I mean, I mean, now I, I'm, if you're looking to just lose a shit ton of money, me and Tyler have recently started up a legal, uh, uh, a, <laughs> a legal advice firm. <laughs> if you want to piss away money, like you might actually get some good advice from us. I mean, uh, it'll be completely accidental. I I, I want to stress this. It's going to be, comp if we give you anything useful, it's going to be sh sh by sheer shit luck. Uh, but if you do, I have... mean, a broken clock's right twice a day. So, <laughs> but if you, but if you are just looking to flush money down the toilet, uh, yeah, uh, 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 Zimmerman and Jones, uh, attorneys at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not spelled like actual attorneys. It's a turn and then the word attorney e. at the turn e at the yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to make that sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Christmas present Jerry, for, we... for each of us. Just put that above our respective offices. <laughs> uh, should we hop into the last article? Lost booze news now. Every once in a while. So the way a uh, little peek behind the curtain, what happens is that uh, we do a podcast, right? Then me and Tyler run off to our respective lives uh, at some point in time, probably on like a Wednesday night. Uh, each of us says, fuck, fuck, fuck. I got to do the podcast tomorrow. We start frantically searching through news sites uh, to figure out what we're going to talk about uh, on the podcast. And every once in a while. I let the algorithm bring the stories to me. Every once in a while. It's, it's, it's probably amazing that we don't come with the same story all the time. Like, it's actually a pretty rare occurrence. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it's... But... But... Uh, um, 
uh, every once in a while, we both come with the we, and this time we came with the, we both came with the finishing story, and the thing was is that I had a whole uh, a thing about it, but Tyler was far more excited about it than I ever was. This was kind of a throwaway piece for me. I wasn't even sure I wanted to do it, but Tyler was all about it. Tyler, you take it away. What do you have to tell us? If I would have had more time, I was going to order the can of just like normal Gatorade because Gatorade does cans. And I'm like, dude, that would be the perfect thing hung over. Just shotgun a fucking Gatorade and hydration straight to the dome. Uh, but uh, we both found this Vine Pair article talking about the rise and demise of Hoppengator, the Gatorade beer hybrid of the 70s. And when I saw that article title, I was like, holy fuck, like the better for you, like electrolyte infused beers that were trendy like a year or two ago were basically just some shitty remake, kind of like most movies are nowadays. There's nothing new, Tyler. We, we, we've been doing the same shit over and over and over again for at least 100 years. Anybody who says that things were better back then is suffering from a mild case of delusion or at best dementia. Uh, uh, at this point in time, nostalgia is a medical condition and you should be uh, uh, you, you, you should be taken away where someone can treat you for that. Yeah. So 1969, Gatorade launches Hoppin' Gator, an electrolyte-enriched alcohol pop, basically. Uh, well, and the now what? Ad- now, what it the actually ad- was, now what it actually was, was a bit of contention. So, uh, what I picked up from it was, all right. So there was rumors that, so uh, uh, that Doctor uh, uh, Doctor Robert Cade, who first who created, created Gatorade, create he was the he was the he was the uh, uh, the person who uh, short version of the story. Um, uh, you know, there was this, how do we get our, how, how do we get the, our players in the Florida heat to perform better? Uh, Dr. Cade went to his laboratory, combined uh, water and electrolytes came out and said, I don't know, feed those monsters this shit. See if it helps. Uh, and it and, works. And, Gator, and Gatorade was born. Um, but what's lesser known was the fact that Dr. Cade was a bit of a booze aficionado as evidenced by a 2001 sports illustrated article that referred to him as the absinthe minded professor um, and would make cocktails in class i was like where the fuck was this professor when i was in college now the now the stories were that he fermented gatorade which i don't i i can't even okay there are people listening to the podcast uh, maybe newly listening to the podcast right now um, that uh, that that are listening to this going fermented Gatorade and having a minor existential crisis. Um, uh, but that's one what, that's one idea of what he was just toying with what new booze he could create. So he pitched some yeast into Gatorade to see what happens. The other thing is the other idea is they just literally took Gatorade and beer and mix them together. Nobody's it made really it like sh- summer shandy. Yeah, nobody's sure what the fuck this thing was. Uh which is Or they did they just drop fucking grain alcohol in Gatorade? Exactly. So there's no there there is absolutely no I there's there, there's no 
there's no specimens, I guess you could call it, that uh, exist. There is no recipe that we could follow. All we have is the rumors and uh, and ideas from a, a time long past, and they are spotty at best. So we don't know what this shit was, which is Although, fascinating to me. <laughs> so Pittsburgh Brewery did brew a one-off 10,000-barrel nostalgia batch in 2004 um, of the product. So, I mean, the closest thing we really have is what Pittsburgh Brewing did in 2004 because they do have the rights to the beer, kind of. But do they have um, the recipe? I mean, maybe maybe it was just uh, – uh, I think we both looked at the same uh, 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 – article from vine pair by uh, Sarah uh, uh, Pinnasalt. Um But I mean, I guess either the recipe doesn't exist or, or uh, uh, Pittsburgh brewing has it and they ain't sharing it. Yeah. So give you a little backstory. If you're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. So <laughs> like, like Jeremy was saying uh, this, he created Gatorade. Then, created this boozy gate Gatorade uh, that he called Hoppin' Gator. Uh, he then sold the Hoppin' Gator recipe, according to the article, to Pittsburgh Brewing Company, formerly Iron City, in 1969. Uh, which wasn't a huge shock to a lot of people because Pittsburgh Brewing Company... Uh, was the first people to put beer in the cans and snap tops on cans. So they were kind of known as the innovative, like, crazy guys. So when they bought it, it was not super out of character. Uh, a few months after they put the first brand batch on the market, the company Gatorade sued them. Why, uh, Tyler? Why did they sue them? Well, turns out when Cade sold the recipe to them, he was in the middle of a lawsuit with the University of Florida Board of Regents. Who amongst who said, us? Who amongst us hasn't tried to sell a piece of intellectual property to one to uh, one entity while at the same time being embroiled in a legal dispute with another? Tale as old as time. <laughs> they said since they provided the grant for his research that they deserved a share of his profits or a share of the company of the product that he created. Uh, the dispute lasted three years uh, and resulted in the university obtaining 20% ownership of Cade's company, Gatorade. Uh, no one knows who at Gatorade decided to enact legal action against Pittsburgh Brewing Company, but the case was settled in early 1970. I mean, the, the, brewery... the, the article seemed perplexed by this, but my response to that, have you met a lawyer? Like, there, True. The, the, like if you're pursuing a lawsuit and they're like, oh, by the way, there's this other brewery that's making basically a boozy version of this, they're like, and we're going to sue them too. Fuck it. <laughs> Has the word gator in it? Fucking sue them. Fuck it. It's like fuck, stone. Fuck it, sue them too. They have they have a name that has something to do with a stone or a rock. Yeah, sue them. <laughs> so so they were perplexed, but this completely made this made complete sense to me. I was like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not? Let's let's squeeze that rock for whatever comes out of it. 
So the brewery settled in 1970 and continued pumping out their electrolyte packed alcohol soda. Um, but Hop and Gator struggled with their branding. The can art was clean and simple, but was branded as a lemon lime lager. And I'm sure in the 1970s, lemon lime beer went over like a fucking fart in a Baptist church. Well, but uh. except for the article does mention that there was a this was a time of some strange like experimentation. Uh, it mentioned that like Lone Star uh, rolled out a lime lager around the same time. National Brewing had a beer mm-hmm. with Concord grape juice. Uh, yeah. Now these are both the, 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 the thing was that these were both pretty easy to explain. You know, in the case of Lone Star, they're like, yeah, we took our beer, we added lime juice. Um, it makes it not taste like our beer, which is better. And uh, even more so, something about National Brewery just makes me go, oh, that's got to be shit. I don't, <laughs> we mix it with Concord grape juice. <laughs> well, that's, but the point was, is what the point, the point is, is that what they were doing was pretty, uh, pretty much a straight line. We took our beer, we added this thing. Part of the problem with, uh, with the, uh, with, with the boozy Gatorade, the hopping Gator, was that even the people selling it weren't sure what it was. Yeah. Well, they decided to rebrand it and call it Tropical Flavored Malt Liquor. And (laughs) apparently, sales took off, especially in black communities in Georgia, South Carolina, and Detroit. Uh, What I immediately thought of was the Purple Monaco. The purple Monaco. So Monaco has basically like a purple drink. <laughs> fucking really? Are you fucking serious? Shit, I did not know this. <laughs> That's another episode right there. <laughs> and apparently the sales for it in like urban and like heavily populated like African American communities are through the fucking roof. Yep. Um, But uh, Pittsburgh Brewing was not so fortunate just to have people be like, oh, that's off. Because some Pittsburgh locals uh, began to take notice of the fact that Pittsburgh Brewing Company didn't have a single black employee on staff. Well, them and the NAACP stepped in and started really trying to get people to boycott Hop and Gator and the brewery and suspicions of racism. And uh, the boycott was short-lived, but they got the brewery to vow to rectify its biases. Wow. Whatever the I was fuck like, that meant. I mean, it never it didn't explain what the hell that meant. Um, but it uh, meant about the same as founders going, we're going to try better not to be racist. I was <laughs> like, man, the we'll get rid of white's only printer. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, man, it is just a giant circle of life, man. Uh, steal something. Buy something that someone shouldn't have sold you and then target it to a minority group. Uh, then get yelled at for not employing any minorities. <laughs> be like, 
We're sorry. I guess and to then their, everyone sweeped it under the rug. To their defense, <laughs> I'm not sure they targeted that group. That just happened to be the group that responded, and they just leaned into it with, but with an, but with a bit of awkwardness that says, "Hey, you know how it, you know what it looks like uh, uh, when a bunch of uh, rich white people are like uh, uh, just sending some stuff down to a black community." Uh, smallpox blankets, smallpox blankets. Yeah, actually, it kind of looks like that. You want to maybe, I don't know, diversify maybe a little bit. We'll say we will. Is that enough? It's the 1970s. That's all. That's what we're going to get. <laughs> yep. But, you know, with the trend of uh, non alcoholic beverages making alcoholic versions with. Hard Mountain Dew, Hard Monster, Vodka Sunny D. We may see the rise of the alcoholic Gatorade shut, come back. Shut, shut your whore mouth, Tyler. Shut your whore mouth. I'm, I, I'm, I'm praying that the fact that my hope was that because this had already happened and failed, we wouldn't be plagued with it again. No, uh, I am. Like, doubling down, I want this bitch in a flat-top church key-style can that I have to fucking use a church key to open. I want to drink that and get hammered like it's 1970. Yeah. (laughs) I like the fact that I think what you had in your head, (laughs) you had something (laughs) in your head right there that, that, and it hit that filter and, like, I shouldn't put this out in the world. <laughs> and so you just ended with, yep. yeah. yeah. <laughs> your, your Northern Idaho was about to really come out <laughs> and all it's, and all it's white tank tops sta- and uh, stained underpants glory. And you're like, no, <laughs> the filter hit that and was like, motherfucker. You have a filter. It's, it's, it's very adorable. Uh, my only the thing I took away from it ads at the time referred to it as I mean again they didn't know what the hell they were marketing and they literally called it quote a bold new drinking thing which <laughs> listen bold new drinking thing that could accurately describe butt chugging <laughs> if you don't know what that is google it and if you don't know, and and but, but by the way, if you don't know by now that if you don't know what something is, and someone says Google it, you should absolutely not Google it. You should just live in ignorance. Live in ignorance. The Tennessee chugger, <laughs> man. The Tennessee Let's, chugger. Li- live in blissful ignorance for the rest of your days. Don't Google it. But now you have. But now you have no choice but to Google it. The choice is be- is between you and your God. Tyler, do we have anything else tonight? <laughs> That about wraps it up, unless you are looking to buy a Miller Lite-branded nutcracker that is actually a beer bottle opener. They're doing that for their holiday sale. Um, but they, outside of that... Miller Lite is doing that? Yep. Although I was never able to get the Miller Lite beer can fucking uh, Christmas bulb, so I... You know... Anytime they release something cool like that, they never do enough that I can actually buy anything. So fuck that. I'm over it. 
I don't think you are because you just brought it up. You just demonstrated that you were not over it. I'm processing, okay? Well, <laughs> Tyler processes his past trauma. This has been It's All Beer. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, we can, uh, we've got a Instagram uh, and Facebook where I post the pictures of what we're drinking and some other random shit that I happen to find in my travels. Uh, you can find us at It's All Beer. Uh, uh, you can send us an email. It's all beer at gmail.com. Uh, I check that approximately once per quarter. So if you've sent me an email, uh, well, I checked yesterday. There was nothing there. So, uh, uh, but uh, if you if, if you if you if you do want to uh, um, uh, uh, ask Tyler in private what was going through his head when he just stopped and said, "Yeah, <laughs> no." <laughs> Taking uh, that to me grave. <laughs> you can send us an email at it's all beer at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, uh, ratings, I I, I, can't, I, I do say I, I do say those for lack of anything else to say at this point in time. Uh, you can throw those on iTunes, on, on Facebook. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on uh, on iTunes and Google Play. Other things I don't know anymore. Uh, I throw this thing out and people listen to it, and I don't really pay attention to what happens after that. I'm just gonna be a hundred percent honest. (laughs) (laughs) that's when I run into people and they're like, "How do I listen to your podcast?" I'm like, "No, I I actually wherever you get your podcast." I demonstrated earlier tonight that I am I am terrible, terrible at uh, at at promotion when uh, the we were having a meeting uh, with the officers at our homebrew club and all of them were both amazed and uh, 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 amazed and rather excited that I had a podcast and were even more amazed that I, t- I told them we were on episode 143. <laughs> shout out, so shout out to my homebrew club who apparently have just discovered this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you like, I just made your wife <laughs> your life worse. <laughs> thank you for tuning in, uh, and thank you for making me your uh, uh, marketing director for a for all two years. That was a poor decision. I think you are now realizing. <laughs> if they weren't, they are now. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I've taken on a new position there, and everything will be fine now. Everything will be fine. It'll all be quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to have a beer. Have fun.